Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Hello, everyone that is tuning in for our conversation today all about video competence. We are recording for the podcast because I already know that Michael's going to be dropping some gems. So we're just doing a two-in-one. Why not? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's first kick it off. I want everyone to know who you are, a little bit about your journey, and why you love video. Why video? Okay. I love video because like... Nothing really replaces the human connection, first of all, right? right? Like when you meet someone face to face, that's amazing, right? And so, you know, of course, with where we're at right now, it's like, what comes next, right? It's video Mm -hmm. because you get to see the person, you get to hear the person, and then you get this gut feeling. I love the gut feeling. It's like, oh, I love this person. Or maybe they don't like you. (laughs) That that could be a part of it too. Um, But so that's why I love video. I've been doing video for like over 11 years. And so... It's something that, you know, I pretty much grew up with the camera in my hand. So that's kind of like how I got into video. And so I love video. I've been shooting videos and now I've been, you know, filming videos for myself and helping others do it too. So. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm curious, specifically on Instagram, what is your favorite type of video? Because of course, Instagram's like, <laughs> why one option? We need you to have four. So right, I'm curious exactly. because you kind of do a little bit of everything. You do the stories, you do reels, you do lives. Like what is your favorite one? Okay, I'm really loving doing reels lately. And it's been something that I just been having fun testing. That's really what it, what I did. Like I did four weeks of doing reels. And that was really fun to do. Yeah. So um, that's kind of just been my new like pleasure, you know, having fun with it. But the thing that I really like creating content around is doing IGTVs because it's just, I don't know, for some reason, like it's like deeper, it's uh, people really engage with the IGTV content. So that's kind of where I have the most fun in, in like expanding on a topic or an idea. And then reels are almost like a, they're catchy. They get your attention and then right. they get you kind of in that world. So that's right. kind of, that's where I've been hanging out with the most. I'm curious with your reels experiment, what was like the secret sauce or what didn't work? And also I want to dive deeper into IGTV because I feel like that is like the stepsister that nobody talks about, (laughs) like it's completely forgotten in the conversation about video, but I do think that there's something there. So let's start with reels. What worked in your experiment? What didn't? So what worked with reels, which is different than IGTV was like stuff, which is funny because I, I'm always like, don't give away all your tips. Like that's not what, that's not what, how are you going to grow your audience or get people to want to work with you if you're in the business uh, arena. But re- when you do reels and you give away like these little quick tips, they do really well. Mm-hmm. I think people want to know like how to solve a problem really quickly or maybe see something differently. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that existed. So doing something like that on a reel does really well. Or if you're like almost speaking from an aspirational identity where it's like, let's say you help people in the finance space or maybe, I don't know, it's like in the health space and you can paint a picture of 
what it would look like to own that, right? Like, oh, like, yeah, like I'm saving the most or, you know, I'm eating the healthiest. Like if you paint a picture of that, people yeah. love to see what that is like aspirationally. And so if you could paint that picture for them, that does really well too. So I tried a bunch of different types and some of them just kind of fell flat where I was like right. almost doing a whole bunch of mind bending, like really deep stuff. And it's like, that didn't do well. Right. I also, I also filmed on a, like a nice professional camera and uploaded Ooh. to, to, reels and that did not do well so it was like almost Super like more, interesting. yeah so it was more like native stuff d- did really well or for whatever reason i don't know i thought maybe yeah. having a higher quality camera would help but it just i think if you keep it in the app it just does well <laughs> yeah i know and it's like i can't tell if it's because instagram's just petty and they want us to be using <laughs> right, the app exactly. or if it's because it's just the nature of that type of video where it's kind of like you pull your phone out you have this tip you have this insight you have this little inspiring moment and you kind of just share it and i think that's kind of the magic of what Reels really wants is that it doesn't have to be super curated. I'm curious, did you find the same for IGTV? Because of course it's longer form. So do you find that that does need to be a little bit more edited? Do you use different equipment, different types of videos? Yes, for IGTVs, that's where I actually bring in like a different camera. Like I'm not filming on my phone. You definitely could, like you could definitely film it on your phone or you go live and put it to IGTV. But this is where I, I like to actually spend the time where it's like, if you can imagine your Instagram feed as like your website where people are going there and they want to hear or see things that's relevant to them. And so if they were to click on an IGTV video, you're expanding on a certain topic that's really going to help them either address an objection or help them see things differently. And so this is where I actually take the time to create a well thought out video. So I'm not a scripting type of person, so I don't like script word for word, but I section out like what I want to say, right? Like I want, I know I want to hit this topic. I want, I know I want to address a certain problem, a solution, a call to action. And I follow an outline and I'll film with a nice camera. I'll light it well. I'll make sure to have a headline and some captions for people to read as they're watching. And so that does really well for me when I create IGTVs around that. The types of content that works really well that I found as a part of like my strategy is really addressing objections. I like to think of it like as an onion layer, right? So if you have an onion and in the center of that onion is, let's say your offer or whatever thing that you sell, then the onion layers, every layer of the onion that you peel off is an objection. That's kind of like how I like to see it. And so if you address one objection to, you know, working with you or your industry, your market, your process, your method, whatever it is in one video and you address it well, then you peel off that layer of that onion. And then, you know, you, you do another video, IGTV, that addresses another objection. And you keep doing that until almost like there's really no objections to working with you. And then it makes buying from you easier. And so that's what I really like doing IGTVs around. And that's been a big way of how I've been able to get more clients in is handling objections through my video content. So then, you know, when they get on a sales page or a sales call, it's less of the objection stuff. And they're like, I just want to work with you type thing. Right. And I feel like I've seen a lot of content around how you can't bring someone onto a sales call and like they are already like, if it's this amount of money or I'm not ready for it, like you can't sell someone that's already wishy-washy about it. But I think that's where video is so important on Instagram is because you can address all those objections. Like you mentioned, 
to get them where they're warm enough that when you do get to that next stage, whatever it is, that it is easier to sell them. And that kind of got me thinking about when it comes to video content and sales and launching, what are your favorite strategies for doing this? Because I think people are really, I feel like they don't feel confident around just talking about their offer. Like they like, they don't want to feel really icky. They don't want to feel really pushy. But I think also a lot of people maybe aren't talking about their offers enough or in the right strategic ways. So I'm curious where you kind of found that's worked for you when it comes to bringing leads on Instagram using video. Yeah, I. it's funny because it's like, we have this battle of, I don't want to sell because I don't want to be perceived in a weird way. Right. And then we wonder why, you know, you're not making any sales is because we're never talking about your offer. And so I like to imagine selling as like, as cliche as it is, like you're serving, right? You're, you're really thinking about helping your audience. If you can see a problem that your audience is experiencing, like, Hey, like, I don't want you to go this way. This can help you this way. And you come from that angle, your heart has a better attitude towards it. And you can almost come off as more genuine around it. Like I'm a parent, I have a one-year-old. And if we walk on the street, you know, he'll hold my hand, but sometimes he just wants to be independent and he'll just like kind of let go of my hand and want to just walk wherever he wants. But the moment he starts to like bolt towards the street, I am not going to be hesitant around like, hey, like come back, like, hey, let's let's go over this direction. And it might come off as like, oh, wow, you're really mean. It's like, I'm not mean. I care about his safety right now. And so when it comes to to selling, it's like, it's not that you're like pushing someone or you're twisting someone's arm or coercing them into buying from you. I love to give them an empowered decision to buy. You want to help them see things in a different way and be like, hey, the ball is in your court. You decide for yourself if this is something that you want. And that's what I love because there, there are internal types of people and then there's external types of people. The internal, right. they like to think through things. And then the external people are like, they're the, they're the go-getters. They're like, all right, just how do I pay you? Like they're the ones who take action. But the majority of people, especially if you're high ticket or maybe you have you know a higher level investment program, people sometimes want to think about it before they, they want to work with you. And so that's why I love to say, hey, like check this out, decide for yourself if, if this is something that you want to invest in. And then if this sounds like something you want, then go ahead and enroll or join or click the button, or whatever that call to action is. So now you've engaged both types of people, the thinkers right. and then the doers. And so uh, when it comes to selling, I love weaving what I call dualistic storytelling. And essentially what that is, is like you're, you're painting a, a picture. Like the easiest way I can explain it is painting a picture, which is like any film, any movie, every show has this type of element where they're painting two uh, separate types of pictures. And so when you're selling, I love to paint the picture of your audience's current reality, which is like what they're going through right now, right? They're struggling through this or they're going through this or whatever thing that they're going through, their current reality. And the better you paint that picture for them, the more they're going to feel connected to you, right? People try to connect like, oh, here's my dog or here's like my coffee. And that's good. Like people, you definitely need to build connection that way. But how much deeper is the connection when you can connect on, hey, this is a problem that you're probably going through. Chances are you're probably feeling this and you're probably going through this experience right now. And they're going to be like, wow, I totally feel seen, heard, like that's real connection. And so you've connected them in on a real way that way. And then you want to paint a picture of their expectation. What do they actually want? Like, what is it that they actually desire? And so when you can paint that picture of what it looks like to have a transformation or a result, here's the beautiful part. You painted those two pictures. Now what happens? You've created a gap. And so you created a gap between their current reality and their expectation. And guess guess what fills the gap? It is your offer. And so that is a great way to sell something without feeling like you're like, 
trying to sell someone like, hey, buy this thing. It's like, hey, this is probably what you're going through and, and this is what you want. And if you want help getting there and closing the gap, here's my offer. Go ahead and you can do whatever call to action that you want to do at right. that point. That's how I love to sell when it comes to like doing it on video. Absolutely. And I feel like a common thing I hear, and this is probably something you hear as well, of like maybe people that have products, like physical products, they're like, I don't see how this applies to me. Like this works for educators or personal brands or coaches. But I think that it isn't always like a really hard need or want. Like it could just be a desire or something that they want to have a part of their day. I feel like when you were talking about painting a picture that that actually applies really well to products as well, because you want them to envision their life with that product, essentially, right? Right, exactly. It's like, when you paint a picture well, and you do that really well, they can feel it, they can like, they can imagine it. And it's like, you're engaging those parts of the mind, which is very powerful. And so people always wonder why, like this commercial made me feel a certain way. It's like, was it really effective? And it's like, oh yes, it was. Like you got yourself, your energy aligned with that product right. and you can imagine yourself with it. And so um, when it comes to a product-based business, of course you want to paint that picture for them. Yeah, it does really well when you do it that way. Definitely, I agree. Are you hot Instagram summer ready? We are kicking off a three-part monthly masterclass series this summer to help you create more engaging Instagram content with ease. So this is the perfect opportunity if you are really wanting to up-level your content strategy, get ahead of it, and really catch up on those 2021 goals while we are in the summertime. So there's going to be three masterclasses from June through August. One is going to be all about content pillars to teach you exactly how to create the foundations for your content strategy and know exactly what to post on Instagram. Then I'm going to show you how to batch your Instagram content so you'll understand how to save time on your content each month. And then I'll talk about content strategies for boosting your engagement. So if you're so lost on what type of content to focus on in 2021 on Instagram, we're going to cover all the best content strategies to really help you build an engaged community of followers. So if you want to save your spot, be sure to access your ticket in the show notes or at shinewithnatasha.com slash summer. You're going to get replay access. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be a workbook. It's going to be a ton of fun. So hope to see you there for hot Instagram summer. So I know you mentioned outlining. So I want to talk a little about your actual process for creating videos. So do you outline every video? Does it depend on the video type? What do you include in your outlines? What does that like idea to filming process look like for you? So at this point, when it comes like for me, when I create videos, I follow an outline, but now because I've been doing it for such a while, like it's almost becomes like second nature at this point, which is a great place to be at. So it's like, whenever you create content, it's almost like you get to experience more spontaneity and that's where your real self gets to shine on camera. But when you're just getting started, I highly recommend following some type of structured outline. For example, a very simple way to do it is like the first thing that I want to focus on is the hook, right? How are you hooking someone in, right? Like that's almost like way more important than kind of the content because if they're not going to watch the first five seconds or get past the first five seconds, you've lost them. Especially with a reel. That's like where it's so key. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole video is like 15 or 30 right? seconds long, but it's like, if, yeah, if you, it's, if, it, if that first couple of like seconds is like, all right, I'm going to switch on to the next one. You got to yep. get their attentions at some point. 
And so if you're doing like an IGTV video or you're maybe you're going live or you're doing an IG story, be a little bit more creative in how you're actually starting that first sentence because you, you're going to want to hook people in. Mm -hmm. And so a great way to do this is maybe asking a question. I love using the word imagine. Imagine what it would be like. And so now you've created a scenario in someone's mind and now it's like a pretend scenario that they're like, well, now I've imagined it. Now what happens, right? So it's right. like, like, so you're engaging the brain. I say spend a good time, like figuring out what that hook is going to be. And then in the middle, how are you going to engage someone? I love to incorporate story or a metaphor and what that does for whatever reason, maybe someone that's a neuroscientist can right. explain what Let us know. <laughs> yeah. But when you tell a story, something happens in the brain where you switch off from like, let me hear what this person has to say to now you're just in the story and you're like, what happens next? Like what happens next? And it's right. why you watch a show on Netflix and like, you're just like, wait, how many episodes did I just watch? Like, this right. is crazy. And so if you can tie in some type of story, that's going to be amazing or some type of metaphor to help explain a point that's going to do really well. And so I have a client attraction video, like a process for that. The way I do it is I hook someone in. Most people who are not in your world, they first need to be almost aware of a problem. That's kind of right. like the, the best way I like to think of it. So if you could bring up a problem, which is like a mistake, maybe it's like a misconception that they have about maybe your industry, maybe it's like a misconception that they have around your process, or you could bring up an alternative, right? So maybe an alternative might be podcasting if I'm like right. teaching video, right? And so you want to bring those up and then you want to solve that problem. So you bring up the problem, then you want to bring up the solution. And once you do that, then the next thing would be a call to action. But the call to action for a client attraction video isn't like, hey, buy my product, buy my program. It's just to get them into your world. So how can you get them to engage deeper? Maybe, you know, follow me or maybe it's, hey, what, do you, what are your thoughts on it? Let me know in the DMs. Like it's just getting them into your world. And that's a great way to create a client attraction video if you're looking to get more people into your world. Because most people are like, they're living in a problem. They're living in something. And right. the moment you like bring it up, they're like, oh, I'm going to pay attention to that. And so that's a great way to get in front of more people. Definitely. And I feel like a lot of things that you've been mentioning bring up a big point that I think of when we talk about reels, when we talk about lives, when we talk about IGTV or just Instagram in general is we're humans. We want to grow. We want to get more followers. We want to get more engagement. But I think you bring up a lot of really great points of like, sometimes the goal of a video isn't to get a new follower and make them a client. It's maybe just to attract them and warm them up enough that they just follow you and trust you enough to listen. And what is kind of like your thought process when people are like, I want to use reels and I want to get a lot of growth or I want to get a lot of, you know, people want to grow on Instagram, but right. you know, what does that process actually look like? And what should people be focusing on when it comes to video? I hear this all the time where it's like they, because most people equate in their brains, the more followers I have, the more sales I will make. And, you know, in part, it's like, it makes sense, right? If you're, right. If you're, if you're in front of, let's say a thousand more people, well, you have a better chance of probably getting someone to buy. And, you know, it's a slippery slope because you could be in front of the wrong people, or right. it could be just people that aren't even interested in your offer. And so what I care more about instead of like the vanity metrics of more people is like the type of people that you're attracting, right. which is why it's so important to get very clear on your values, the type of person that you want to attract and getting really clear on your ideal audience's problems and their pain points so you can help solve that specific problem. And so when I'm creating content, like when I, when I'm putting it on Instagram and putting it out there, my big focus is kind of what I mentioned earlier is addressing objections or painting an aspirational identity. And when I do those two, 
it gets people really invested into what I have to say or share. Mm -hmm. And so I care more about the quality of the types of people that I'm attracting more so than, oh my gosh, I just grew like a hundred followers today or whatever. The quality is way more important to me. And so that's where you're going to get your more, more loyal clients. And that's been really true in terms of my content strategy. I attract people into my world. I create content and that's like nurturing them. I like to think of it as priming. It's like when I got married, I like was priming myself to get married. I had my ascot, which is like, you know, a fancy, I don't know what you call it, like a tie or something, but it's not a tie. It's like a (laughs) thing. Um, But I was like, yeah, I'm going to wear this because this is going to be way better, you know, pictures. So anyway, I got the the ascot. I got like my suit. I got my cufflinks. Mm -hmm. I got my everything to get ready to be the groom on my wedding night. And so that's kind of what your content is doing is getting people ready to eventually be your ideal client. So you're not always selling, but your content is kind of selling because you're getting them more primed to be an ideal client. You're shifting the way they think about something. Maybe they thought this way about Instagram growth, but really it should be this. And it's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Thanks for sharing it. Now, Now you just got a loyal follower. And then when it's time for you to launch your product, when it's time to sell something, it's like, hey, I have this thing for you. If you're interested, go ahead and and click this link. But they've been following you for maybe a week, two weeks, maybe a month. And they've been in your world that whole entire time. And that becomes very powerful and you've built that trust. And so I always want to encourage people to always think about like that buyer's journey, right? You're getting awareness, Mm -hmm. you're attracting people in, you're nurturing them, you're priming them, and then you want to eventually ask for the sale and give them an empowered decision to buy. Right, exactly. And I think that's why we love reels for getting the insane amount of views that we get. But you could get a reel that gets a million views. But if your content sucks, if your profile sucks, if the way you're pitching or selling your offer sucks, I mean, it doesn't really convert in a way for a business, which is where it's really important. Because Mm. I mean, people could have a 100 followers. And if they're making sales from it, and they're becoming leads that are ready to pay, it could be completely different than someone that has 10,000 followers, but those aren't even becoming leads. So I think it's important to understand that numbers are great, but you really have to focus on the quality and how you're warming up those leads, which I love that you touched on so well. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we talk about the strategy of video, but let's talk about like the tools, the shiny yes. things people want to know about. And you already kind of hinted at like how you do a reel is different than maybe like an IGTV. So break down, what do you think are great like starter tools or no tools at all for the DIYers? Or what are really great things that people can invest in to actually go to that next level with their video? And Brianna is preaching to us, popular doesn't mean profitable on that. that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I always say, choose the path of least resistance, whatever that is for you. So it's like, if you have your phone and that is all you have right now, just please just use your phone because the last thing you want to do is overwhelm yourself with, wait, I got to learn how to do this and this and that. And then you'll probably never show up on camera. And so how can you release that barrier to entry? And so I say, use your phone. So I'm using my phone right now. And you know, it's sad. I'm in California for whatever reason today decided to be a gloomy day. (laughs) And so I'm like, where's the sun? Uh, Usually there's, and so anyway, I sit next to a, uh, to a window and you might be able to see it in my eyes. Like you can see the reflection of the window, but usually that's enough light to, to light me up right here. Yeah. And so you don't have to invest in a crazy light if you don't, ha- if you don't want to. 
I'd say about 95% of my video content is actually just in front of the window. Like that's right. it. And people are like, wait, you don't use a light? I'm like, sometimes no. I do. Like if yeah. I just want to, but like really I just use a window. And as long as you get really close to it, it's really soft on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a little light behind me right here, which is kind of doing this thing for me. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like a nice little chisel and yes. it's on my shoulder. And it's like, <laughs> why not have fun with that, right? Um, so I have that, but you don't have to do that. It just helps you to kind of stand out. Now, when it comes to audio, it's just using, you know, you can get like a $20 mic that hooks up to your phone. But even then, it's like, you might be okay without even using right. a mic. Some of the, like the little tricks that you can do with your phone is probably going to help way more than just the tools because most people think it's the camera or the lighting that's going to help. But really, it's kind of like the location, right? So like I'm in front of, I'm like maybe like five feet away from the wall, which is kind of like separates me from the background. Right. Now, of course, I'm, you know, this looks like a square version if you're watching this on Instagram live, but normally you see more above and below me. So it just looks like I'm in front of the wall, but you can kind of see like lamps to the side and it just kind of fills in the frame, which looks better. And so that's kind of like what I'm thinking about as I'm creating content. Now, if you want to invest in certain types of gear, like a professional camera, there's like very affordable cameras, I think maybe around $500, $600, where you can get a very nice looking shot with a blurry background. And that's kind of what I set up for my Zoom meetings is having a nice camera. And then you just have like, you know, maybe like a podcast mic or whatever mic you want to use, like a lapel mic that you can clip on. But it's a very simple way to get started. I say the path of least resistance is the best thing for you on the filming side. Yep. Now, when it comes to the editing, there are a lot of great tools. I don't know what your favorite tools are, but like, honestly, it's just whatever is simple for you, right? Like some tools which are free are like VLLO. That's a free yep. one. There's InShot. Yep. Um, you know, you could always, you know, pay for certain ones and also get more features with it, which, you know, I recommend you do just to make it easier for yourself. And if you're the type of person that you want to edit on your computer, because like, I don't know, maybe your fingers are just like, I cannot do this on my phone right, right now. There's a cool software company called Veed.io. Love it. I, yeah, yep. they are amazing. And they simplified editing like it's nobody's business. If you want to add oh, that yeah. little... um. Subtitles, the the subtitles, all of that. It's just like, it's like so easy. Whereas like, I come from like a filmmaking background where it's like, you use like, you know, nicer tools like Premiere Pro, but it's like too complicated just to do simple things that kind of just fixes it for you. So yeah, I would just, I would just use V. (laughs) Those are my favorites too. Yeah. I love InShot on my phone and then I love Veed on the desktop And yeah, I just love how you can make your videos a lot more strategic with those titles, with those subtitles, all those types of things. And I love how I think one of my first reels I watched from you where it was like, how to get the glare out of your glasses when you're filming with a ring light. Don't use Uh, one. And I'm like, I really like him. That is is so (laughs) true, though, because I get that all the time. They're like, well, how would you not have a ring light? And I'm like, because I'm using my very nice window. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's funny because I was like, I wonder what people are going to say about this because I was like, people are going to just hate me for this right now. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, don't use one. (laughs) That's how you know it's a good piece of content right like going back to content strategy is sometimes the video where you're like people are either going to really hate me or disagree or they're going to be like what are like why are we talking about this all of a sudden Mm -hmm. that is actually the content that takes a lot because if people disagree that's conversations of the comment section right yeah and you know platforms like this like love the engagement so the yep. more engaged you get, like, it's like, it's, it's fuel to it, right? It just pushes right. it further. And, you know, it's weird because I'm even to this day, I, I'm having older reels that are still being pushed. And it's like, yeah, because it's, I don't know, maybe people are more engaged with it. And I still get more comments on older right. videos, which is like really interesting. Yeah, um, so is. yeah, it's, it's the more almost like 
polarizing you can be sometimes it like does really well right and it's so funny i was on the reels channel which i don't usually do but i was like let me just see what's on reels you know and there was this video where this lady literally just like painted like with a roller on the wall and then she like put some picture frames in it and she didn't like cut it off or like trim it it was just like a painted blob literally on the wall and she put frames in it it was like that's so cute and i was like why is this on reels like let me look at the comments and everyone was roasting her <laughs> and i feel like it's like a really great example of like it sometimes doesn't matter if your video was actually good, but is it actually engaging and mm -hmm. sometimes polarizing videos? I wish I could show you guys. It was like, I was like, is this like actually the trend? Like, is this the vibe right now for walls? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Like sometimes like the, the most random videos sometimes will just like blow up and I'm like, wait, that is so random. But like, right. yeah, like if you can get someone to engage, it's like, it's almost like a, it has a virality to it. Right. It's, right. Like what I, I remember I used to preach for a long time, don't worry about trying to be viral, but sometimes it can be a great way to like get in front of more people and right. have more people share it. And you never know who's following a certain audience, right? Like maybe right. A, a someone will pick it up and they post about it, but there's always your ideal clients in some, some audiences. And so totally. sometimes that it kind of works in your favor in that sense. Definitely. And oh my gosh, Latoya said she saw it. Oh my gosh. I need to like share it on my stories afterwards. People that need to see it. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about like the actual confidence thing, mm -hmm. because so many people have so many different mindset struggles of why they don't want to show up on video, why they feel like they're not confident on video, or maybe they are on video and they're like, I'm not being myself. I'm holding back. I'm not really letting myself fully shine. What is your best advice for those types of people? And maybe like if you've had those own types of struggles yourself, I know you've been in the video world for years, but I think even like I know I have my own little mindset struggles and things too. Absolutely. And this reminds me when I was like 17 or 18 at the time. So this was like over 10 years ago. I remember like my brother and I, we were like looking for like filming gigs and stuff at the time. And we came across this thing where it's like, oh, audition to be in Coca-Cola, like a Coca-Cola campaign. Yeah. And we're like, ooh, should we do this? Like, this, is, this <laughs> sounds like kind of fun. Like, we were just like kids, right? We we're just like, let's just do it. And so we went out to audition for this campaign. And we thought there was going to be maybe like 10 people that show up to this thing. And like, right. there were like thousands of people here. I'm like, wow. oh, wow, there is no way we're going to get this. Like, and so we just decided in that moment it doesn't matter. We, we, we became detached to that outcome. We're like, let's just have a lot of fun, be ourselves and just act like ourselves and just do that. And so we got there and I'm telling you, people were so like in their heads about everything. Right. They wanted to perform really well, like come off as really cool. Like, and so my brother and I, we kind of just showed up and we were just, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Everyone was laughing, not because they thought we were funny. They were la literally laughing at us. Like, oh my gosh, these kids are just, yeah. they're, they're, they're crazy. Oh. And so like, we, there was a moment where we like, we had to clink bottles together with Coca-Cola bottles and we like clinked it together. We drank it really fast, but then it like spilled all over our faces. <laughs> it, it was a mess. And they're, they're like, do you have any special talents? And we're like, yeah, we could beatbox and rap. And by the way, we cannot beatbox or rap. <laughs> and so like, we were doing that and like, I, the people were just laughing at us. We walk away from that. We're like, there's no way we, we got that. There is absolutely no way because we were just, it was Having just fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We got home that night and we get a call and they said, hey, you got the part. Do you want what? it? And we're like, what? It's a huge lesson in like really embracing yourself. Like whatever makes you quirky, whatever makes you right. weird, like 
we were not cool at like, you know, I mean, even, you know, we, we were just not cool. Okay. Yeah. So I was leaving at that. And so like, we were just like ourselves, we were just letting ourselves be ourselves and people loved that. And so if you're showing up on camera or if you're thinking about doing that, or you're like, you're getting in your head about it, the best thing is to really just show up as yourself. Like if you're an introvert or if you're quiet, use that to your advantage. You know, most people look at someone like, you know, someone like a Gary Vee, who's really loud and very energetic and they see that right. and they're like, well, I'm never that, that energetic and there's no way I could ever come across that way. And I don't even like that really. I just like to be myself. Right. And so most people think that they have to be energetic. But then I like to think of people like, you know, Mr. Rogers, where he's like the most calm, friendly neighborhood guy. Yeah. And the thing is, they both had huge impact. One was very calm in, in their demeanor and the other one's very energetic. But here's the thing is that they are both passionate. They both have a message that they want to share, but they're both passionate about their messages. And that's what really matters. If right. you teach something or you help people or you sell something, what are you passionate about? And use that to kind of fuel your, your presence on camera. But there are three kind of like mistakes that I really see people make. The first mistake is that you know what other people are thinking, right? So like mm. before you record a video, are you asking yourself or are you telling yourself people are not going to think I know what I'm talking about? Uh, people are going to judge me. Who am I to share this? And who am I to talk about this? Like, what do I have to relay here? And so if you're thinking that already before you get on camera, well, that energy is going to come across onto the oh, camera. Yeah. You, that confidence is not going to show. And so you really need to flood yourself with like confidence where it's like, this is what I say literally every day. I'm the type of leader that people love to work with. Right? I, I'm just flooding myself with that. And it's like, I look good today and I'm going to sound great today. And I say that to myself so then I can actually flood myself with all that confidence. Then I show up on camera yeah. and doing things like that kind of just helps you to kind of get over that hump. The second mistake that I see is thinking that people know what you're thinking. Like if you're nervous or like your heart is pounding or you have butterflies, there's no way they, they can hear your heartbeat or yeah. see your butterflies. There's, there's no way. And so that's a mistake. But the, the biggest mistake is when you see other people that are shining, people are looking at you, Natasha, and they're like, oh my gosh, like she shows up on camera and it's like amazing. And so they think, well, I got to match that on the inside of me, right. her level that I see on the outside. But the thing is, even before we go on live on this, I'm like sitting in this chair like, okay, all right, I'm a little nervous, but we're going to do this, right? That, <laughs> right. I'm just, it's just, it is. Yeah. But it's like the moment you commit to something, the moment you decide, all right, I'm going to do this. It's like you switch gears and it's like, all right, I'm here to show and like serve my audience. And so that is a great way to like lean into your, your material, lean into your message. Is your message more important than you just trying to look and sound cool? And so mm -hmm. I say, use your message, use your material as a crutch, like in the beginning, like if you are super nervous, what message or what point do you want to get across that you can be really confident about? And if you can lean on that, use that, use that until you become more and build more confidence in yourself. And that's kind of what I've seen really helped me is leaning on my message, leaning on whatever point that I want to get across and making sure that I deliver that message to the best ability that I can. Did my audience understand this point? And if I care more about my audience more than myself, then I know I did that well. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if someone's like, hey, I didn't like your shirt or, you know, right. it, just has, it has no, because there are random strangers on the internet, on the interwebs that just, it doesn't matter. It, it right. does not matter their opinions of me. And so it's just, did I do my job in serving my audience? And if I feel like I did, then I know that's enough. And so that's what I would encourage anyone who's like struggling with confidence is like, know that your message matters. Like whatever you want to share online to help and serve others, it really does matter. People are looking to someone for inspiration, 
Like when you yeah. share your story of transformation or you share whatever is going to help impact others, they're looking for that. Like people are like, wow, I'm so grateful that you shared something. I'm so grateful that you spoke on this topic. It's like now you're building an audience of people that really care about your message. And here's the thing. I've never lost a client because I said an um, and I've never lost a client because I said like, you know, all that, right? It's like, so yeah. none of that is really costing you. It's just, it's just showing up. Even if you do say that, maybe you want to get better and don't want to say it, then great work on that. But don't think that it's going to like hurt you in, in your business. Right. And so just show up. The more you show up, the easier it becomes. It's like a muscle yes. that you flex. It's like, you know, I need, I definitely need to work out, but it's like, you know, once I start to work out, then, you know, <laughs> You'll get the now. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yes, absolutely. it's a muscle that you flex and it becomes easier and easier the next time you do it. Yes, totally. And I love how you mentioned like, yeah, your clients won't care that you said an um. And I think a great example of this is I think lives are a great, a big fear of everyone. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go on live. I'm going to break out in hives. I'm going to say something wrong, whatever. And if you have seen my lives where I've done this, let me know. But I used to not have a lovely phone stand like I have now. <laughs> and my phone would drop like every other five words, which I do not recommend. Do not do that. But ever, I just made it a joke. I was like, oh my gosh, can someone give me a phone stand? Like, I'm a mess. I need to get this together. And it became like a running joke. So instead of it being something like, I can't believe Natasha doesn't have a phone stand and I can't watch a video without her messing up. They were like, this is funny. She's a mess. That's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, how dare you not have a phone stand? Right. It's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> As an Instagram person. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, I, I love this because sometimes like I'm, I'll do like a, like a training, like over zoom. Right. And like, right. And, you know, I'm like helping them get better with video. And it's like, I don't have my mic plugged in. And it's like, wait, should I be listening to this guy? And it's like, oh, we all make mistakes. It's right. okay. And it doesn't hurt you. It's It makes you more real and more authentic. Yeah. It's like, here's the thing. No one's looking for perfection. No one is asking right. for you to be perfect. But And here's the thing about perfectionism. Perfectionism is a coping mechanism to avoid judgment, right? And I know this too, like, I mean, I experienced this because like when I used to film content for other entrepreneurs, it was my responsibility to like make sure that video was like near as perfect as possible, right? Like this video has got to look good. It's got to sound great and it's got to perform well. Like the message actually has to to, right. to land. And so I, I make sure that the editing is right. The music, the levels, all of that is like really, really well put together. And so the moment I flipped the camera and I'm filming content for myself, I almost felt like I had to put the same pressure of perfectionism right. for myself. And really what I realized is that I was just trying to avoid judgment because I knew that if I made it look as great as I possibly could, sounded as great as I possibly could, and I cut out every mistake that I ever made in a video, then I know no one has anything to criticize about me. And I'm like, wow, how am I showing up in my business? I just, I just want to, I just want to portray that I'm, I'm perfect. I don't ever right. want to portray that I'm perfect. We all make mistakes. And so even in my video content, I will have things where like, I'll leave a mistake in just because I'm like, hey, like I made a mistake and I'm okay with leaving a mistake in. And then, mm -hmm. uh, then I'll say the line over again. And I just want people to realize like, it's okay. Like no one's asking for perfection. The way I like to see it is like, it's just about being committed to it. Are you committed to something? At some point, a film needs to be released. A song needs to get released. A show needs to be released on whatever. And at some point there's a deadline and it's just, you got to get it, get it going. And so the thing is, the commitment is, hey, are you committed to maybe in the next week? just doing one Instagram story. Maybe you've been avoiding going on Instagram stories. Maybe for the next week, could you commit to doing that? It doesn't have to be perfect. Maybe you do one, two, three takes and you're like, okay, whatever. But maybe the fourth take, you're like, no matter what, I'm gonna post this. And it's just putting it out there. 
the more connected people are going to be like you showing up, people are going to love that. And they're going to thank you for actually sharing that whatever message that you want to share. So yeah, having a deadline is going to push you to do something. That's kind of what I do for myself. Yes. It's like, all right, I'm going to do this by tomorrow and yep. I'm going to put it online. I'm going to tell people that. Yes. So they're going to hold me accountable. And then you just do it. And then yep. it just helps you actually kind of just push past the perfectionism. Oh, yeah. I always say you have to treat yourself like a client. You got to put a due date on it and you got to yes. get it done. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I love how you mentioned how like, you know, I know you were talking about your process and how like sometimes you're very off the cusp and you have an idea and you create it. And that's become kind of how I've become with video, too. And I think it's important for people that are looking at us as video content creators. That is our job. That is what we do of like, it took a lot of mess ups and practice and years of figuring out how to edit videos, playing around with different editing tools, Mm -hmm. filming, outlining. I mean, the whole thing, it took a process of us getting uncomfortable and doing it over and over and over again. So if you're looking at the big people in your world that are just killing it on video and you're like, that's just not me, I'm not there, I'm not that talent, whatever it is, it literally just takes practice and you'll eventually get to that point where you can pull up your phone, do a reel and you're done and you don't even have to think about it or plan about it. But by planning and outlining and practicing and deadlining, that's how you put it into action. So you can literally develop those skills and be killing it on video all the time. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where it's like, if you're waiting for the perfect moment, right, you're waiting for like, yeah, once I know what my, I collect all my thoughts and I know what I want to say and all this, you're waiting for that thing, that waiting, you're, you're just going to keep waiting, right? Because it's right. never going to be perfect enough in your mind. And so, yes, when you do have that deadline, when you have that thing where it's like, hey, I want to just put this out there, that action, the action of actually, the action of actually, yeah, the action right. of actually doing it <laughs> is going to, things are going to be more clear for you, right? You're going to be like, you're going to see something and, and you can either take it as an opportunity to like beat yourself up about it. Like, wow, I really sounded really dumb when I said that. Or you can say, wow, I see this opportunity to be like, I can maybe pause or slow down a little bit. Like for me, I, when I talk, I'll just keep talking, 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 talking. And I'm like, I can learn to slow down, but I'm not beating myself up about it. It's just like, I always try to see opportunities for where I can grow, right? I'm always looking for that. And so when you do it, put it out there, you're not beating yourself up about it. It's just like seeing opportunities for improvement. And that's like, I love to experiment. I love to see what becomes possible. And when you adopt that kind of like way of thinking, that's going to help you be more consistent when you show up on camera. Totally. And I love Brianna. She said the power of doing. Yes. I feel like we might need to do a live room with all three of us because we all do video. I feel oh, like that would it. be such a fun conversation. Brianna, if you're on, let us know if you're down. <laughs> we will put it in the calendar. But I definitely want to just wrap things up with ways that people can connect with you, Michael, follow you, learn all your video tips, because I already know this really inspired people that are listening to the podcast, listening to the replay. Um, So tell them where they can connect. Yes, I am on Instagrams the most. So I'm Michael Carl Moore on Instagram. That's where I kind of give away some like tips and strategies and how you can improve on your video content. Because 
my like mission is to help more and more people show up confidently on camera so they can share their message because this is what I know to be true is that when you get to share your message online, you get to create a ripple effect, right? Imagine the people you get to impact in a huge way and the people that they get to impact. So when you share your message, it actually lands on people and they get to take it and do something with it and impacts more and more people. So the more, the more people show up online and share their message, the bigger the impact becomes. And so that's why it's like my mission to help more people show up on camera because your message really matters. Uh, So good. Definitely go give him a follow. And thanks so much for being on the live on the show. This was great. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been amazing. I love this. Oh, awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much to today's expert guest for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.